0: Hello and welcome to the Rugby Sevens roller coaster. We're here to take you on the ups, the downs, the twists, the turns, and the excitement that is Premier Rugby Sevens, the sports league taking over the U.S. with some of the best athletes our sport had to offer. I'm Dallas, Stafford, former USA Sevens player and current World Rugby commentator.
1: And I'm Robin MacDool, former Canadian Sevens
0: player and current international coach. Together, we will bring you the latest PR Sevens news. Welcome to your new home for Sevens rugby. Pinkerman waits for He takes it. Does Ben Pinkerman sets up on a run as a U.S. Eagle. Pinkerman has got Hager with him, finds him now, stunning play. It's the home side, the Pittsburgh Steel Toes that are right back in this game. They get their first try. What a man, what an athlete. As we see here, Pinkelman says, I'll have that, thank you very much. Pins his ears back. Takes on the last defender and then links up with his speedster. 19-7 that Charlotte. remember the winner goes through to DC. Ken Pinkerman's box some more magic. Ben Pinkerman, good offload, frees up Nicholas Smith, who's just cut down the boots. Wormer comes in for a line. Colorado native plaque, finds the Fae ball over the Tohiga! Breaks a couple of ankles, and in the breaking hearts, campbell Johnston slices in. The defense got canceled like my flight yesterday, and the steel toes are in. Five points in it now. With over three minutes to go, Pittsburgh fans have come out of their numbers as Pickerman goes up. Pickerman has it yet again. Big Ben finds it away to Smith. It's the momentum that stays with the home side. John Lefebvre on the right. Hager puts a kick in. Hager chases. Hager has this. Hager's just tough.
2: far from over, but Hager
0: just kicked the game plan to the curb and said, out the way I thought myself. And Hager, on, to put this out, yes. it's a day of drama dramas, the ball floats over the touchline, it's full time, the Pittsburgh Steel Toes, champagne rugby all day long, 21 points to 19, they came back from training 19-0 and have won it and are going to DC. Dramatic finish, of course it was. That last 60 seconds was clinical. It was experience and it was champagne for the home crowd who loved every single point that the Pittsburgh Steel Toes scored. Headliners for all money thought they were in for the win. Across field to Manayan Nuku, throws the dummy, makes it look all too easy. Nuku through the gap, will get the first try in the final. And it's the Black Fern 7 star that opens the account for the New York locals. Looking for the line, beats a couple. Coffee on the outside, Gestaitis absorbs the hit, frees up, Scout Cheeks for the corner, and that's the response. And it took a wave of attack, but the Southern Headliners are over. There's a tackle, Gostaitis is there, also works as a broadcaster, was with us last week. And here comes Naya Tapper, fresh legs, see you later. She's as dangerous as a pyramid scheme, it's Naya Tapper. And the Headliners take the lead. And they did it in Austin, Texas in the first tournament, they won 21-12. Penalty will be theirs, and they can tap this and kick it out. And take the title and head with confidence to Washington, D.C. Harvey says, see you later. Puts it into the stands. And they can celebrate another brilliant win. Twelve points to seven, just the five points in it in the women's final. Harvey was outstanding, but it was a team effort in the end that got it done. Got a feel for the locals, too. They put everything on the line. The defense was excellent. They just didn't have enough spark at the end to close it out. Another excellent final finishes in the Premier Rugby Sevens event here in Pittsburgh. Hello and welcome to Episode 9 of the Rugby Sevens Roller Coaster, a North American-inspired podcast that focuses on the world of sevens. And it's a glorious world. What a barn burner we just witnessed in the Steel City as Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania hosted the PR Sevens Eastern Conference Finals at Highmark Stadium, a brilliant venue in downtown area. And in Germanic fashion, the home side, the Pittsburgh Steel Toes won the men's competition, securing their place in the upcoming championship in D.C. alongside the Texas team. You couldn't have asked for a more exciting final, though, with the headliners leading 19-0, then conceding 21 consecutive points to go down to the Steel Toes. And on the women's side, the New York locals and headliners, who were finalists last time, resumed their battle in the final, just one try, separating them again. The headliners winning 12-7, both teams locking a place in D.C. in August 6. What a brilliant event, Robin.
1: Well, first of all, what a picturesque stadium. I was I was at home watching online, Dallin. and you're obviously in the best seat in the house. And I really feeling like all four stops so far this season, the home crowd has really got behind their home sides. Steel Toe Town, they really got behind their women's and men's sides this past weekend. It was special seeing videos, pictures of all the fans, friends, and family that made it to Pittsburgh. One family, the Feesby family, a, a farmers from Ontario, Canada, have a daughter in both the Steel Toe Women's Team and the Loonies Women's Team. Brooklyn and Kennedy. So the Feesby family, I didn't even recognize them. Their head to toe, they had a hard yellow hard hat on. They had they had their busy vests on. They were just getting amongst it. Had a great time. Unfortunately, Brooklyn won't be at the finals, but the, they'll be they'll be changing their costume for DC and cheering on their younger daughter Kennedy. In, in the championships, unfortunately, Dallin, yeah, they won't they won't get a, they won't get to play each other. Which your mom called me, she's like, why couldn't you pick both my daughters? I said, well, this <laughs> isn't a little little league; I could only draft one of them.
0: Uh, it was so great. You're right. We actually even got uh, our, our pitch side uh, a reporter uh, Brianna Kim to interview them during one of the games. It was so great. They're wearing the full kit, and the merch so- sold out as well. So I love that. I couldn't even get some a couple of kit items I was after, but I know fans can go to shoppr 7com to get that and as you said oh, it was epic to be back in the booth for me personally teaming up with a gold medalist olympian rugby world cup sevens and 15th winner and absolute star ruby tui had such a blast on the cbs broadcast it went off like a frog in a sock and ruby even got her to sign a copy of her book straight up for me what a sleek sensation and then she put me on the spot because i asked her about the predictions right for the championship uh, particularly on the woman's side who's going to go through and of course back your loonies so you got to produce robs
1: more tattoos more tattoos I appreciate the love and support and I definitely prefer Ruby on the mic than than coaching against her. And uh, no, you two together make such a great team and, and you'd also make a great team on the field. She could make all your tackles and score all your tries.
0: Oh, easy, easy. Just a one-two dish and I'll do the commentary while she scores live play, you know, so just close and personal. All right. I want to dive a bit deeper, of course, into the Eastern Conference matches we just witnessed. Let's go through first the men's competition and portion. Like we talk about close results and also big upsets. I think this is what stands apart from other tournaments is that, of course, you get different points for the different tournaments, which we mentioned. So a team that was ranked third and fourth coming to this tournament could technically win it all and then go through to the championship. And that's what we saw. So let me go through results here. So very first game, headliners surprised the locals 24-21 in a dramatic game. And then the Steel Toes shocked the winners from Austin, Texas, the Texas team, 53 points to five. That led to the locals taking on the Texas team and winning this one, 24-21. Alessio Nanduva was a man on fire, scoring a hat trick of tries, putting his side through there in the third place match. And then the Steel Toes that come from behind, down 19-0, to win 21-19 against the headliners. You had to obviously feel for you know for Tim Stanfield and his side, but for the Steel Toes, Ben Pinkerman was outstanding. So great to see him go. So many big names on display. Team of the tournament, we mentioned Alessio Nanduva, the Fijian Flyer, Mr. Nitro. He was just electric. Ethan Hager from Canada has come out of your McDool review program. He had a very, very special tournament. I expect to see big things from him. Kenny Jenkins, what's the frequency? Kenneth, the wing was on form, scorching the earth. Rhodes Speatherston from the Texas side, the captain, the Kiwi. Also another great tournament for him. Of course, he was disappointed with his team's results, although they will go through to D.C., Will Chevalier, the eagle, was great, as was David Hightower, the sprinter, and then, of course, player of the tournament, Ben Pinkerman, who we chat on this episode.
1: Yeah, it's, as always in sevens. it's a tale of two halves. It was a Ben and Ethan show in the second half, one-way traffic in the final uh, with a miracle finish. Ethan kicks off, Ben takes it in the air, clean ball, spin to win, try time, and then Ethan with a chip and chase. It was just, It was just so great to see. You know, those two connecting and that's that's one thing that we obviously highlight, you being an American and, and obviously me being a Canadian, highlighting but these players getting to play together in an Olympic year, how cool is that? And uh, you know, just all these connections we had uh, last last Sunday it was we have Bianca Silva uh on the layover for two weeks up here. Here in canada training with us so we had her with some italian cooking at my mom's house this past sunday but her and the other loonies flyer carissa norston they'll hopefully be battling at the at the olympics next summer in paris against each other you know so you get you have all these connections that's going to build build and that's just the beautiful thing about the pr7s and that's that's one thing i really loved we just seeing all these different connections go off and it was the first final really down where the final really decided who booked their ticket to DC, whereas you know most of the tickets were booked uh, on, on the western side in, in the first game uh, in San Jose. Whereas this one, obviously for the men, was you know it was winner take all, and again gutted for Tim and his team. But uh, great job to the uh, to the hometown side
0: there. Bring up a good point. Number one, the storylines we always love telling these and, and the PR7 showcasing players from around the globe. But you're right, the headliners had won that they would have gone to DC. It's just such a such a fascinating game. Now on the women's side of the competition. Also, it was a nail-biter to start things out. The headliners beating the Texas team 2019, 20 points to 90, one point separating the Texas team from getting into the final and potentially going through, but it wasn't to be. And then the locals battled the Steel Toes and won 22 points to 14. So that set up the Texas team in the third-place game to continue their form, and they did get a good, strong win against the Pittsburgh Steel Toes, 29 points to nothing. And then the final was a back-and-forth affair, 12 points to seven, just one try in it. The headline has taking out the locals again, but you felt that the New York locals could go with Stacy Walker, Manai Nuku on fire. You could go the distance. It could have won that 14 points to 12 was very, very close in the end. Headliners hold on team of the tournament. So many good players again on display. Sarah Juvi had another outstanding tournament. Elena Saili, brilliant. The black fern, Elena Olsen, the U.S. Eagle alongside Naya Tapper, brilliant. Abby Stites, former captain as well, was on fire. And then, of course, we mentioned Stacy Walker, Mananuku. Those are the players that make up the dream team. Uh, very tough to choose that. And then also the glue we found with the with the uh, headliners was Jen Solomon. We chatted with her in this episode. Great to get her insights as well.
1: Yeah, going back to that third-place game, uh, it was the same third-place game earlier in Austin this summer in, in June, Dallin, and it was the other way, the Steel Toes. Stomped on the Texas team, so it was interesting to see the improvement that the Texas team. I know they had a few changes there, but uh, it's good to see them win. And and that was probably our biggest margin this past weekend. Again, it's it's going to be it's going to be so tight next week. And in the finals, of course, the headliners truly lived up to their name. They're all headliners, like one to twelve. It's ridiculous. Not looking forward to playing them, but to what star the team Coach Andrew Lockie has assembled this season for the Eastern Finals. The locals added a third. Blackburn, like you said, Tanika Willison, and with Walk in the Sinbin, the
0: headliners were just too much in the end. Yeah, Willison had a fine tournament, you're right, but it, it was that yellow card that really, you know, made them a bit more tired on D. Because when they v- finally came up to seven, they were defending in their 22 the whole time. They did stop a lot of scores from the headliners, but it was too much. So now, Robin, the picture is clear. We have two two events gone in the West, two in the East. They're done and dusted. We had eight teams take part in the men's competition and eight in the women's with the top four heading to the nation's capital. Fans can watch the championship on the PR7's YouTube channel with the third place matches and the finals on FS1 National Television on August 6th from Audi Field in Washington, D.C. Paul Russell, the music chart topper will be performing at halftime. It's going to be such a vibe. People can get their tickets at PR7s.com. So it's going to be absolutely brilliant. We do need to get on to prediction. We know the vibe is going to be fantastic. But, Robin, remind us on the format for the championship. Who plays who and how does it work?
1: Well, first of all, I can't wait to get to Taté's Bakery in D.C. And uh, I got to say my favorite stop in PR7s of three seasons has been Washington. So super excited to, that they picked that, you know, the the nation's capital for for the big dance. Uh, predictions for the East, uh, for the men, the team will be pl- taking on uh, taking on the steel toes depending on health and uh see who shows up in dc i'm gonna have to go with the team on this one no disrespect to the steel toes i just feel that the team was a bit upset here in uh, in pittsburgh last weekend i'd be hungry for a win headliners locals uh i'm gonna have to go with the headliners again uh they've just been the two for two on the locals but uh Again, those Black Ferns Walker will be having those girls humming for the finals, but I'm gonna, I'm going to tip the headliners uh, in the West, Dallin, Rhino Rhino X Loggerheads versus the Experts. Man, that's a that that's a tough one. <laughs> Do I have to pick? Do I have to? I'm going to put that one on you, Dallin. What are, oh, what are your thoughts on, on, on that one? <laughs> Godless. Godless.
0: All right, now I'll go. I'm going to get my predictions later. You go first. Finish up, Finish off the rest of them. Jeez,
1: this is uh, this is brutal. I I, I I'm going to give you my prediction. It's going to go into extra time. It's going to go into extra time. That's my prediction on that one. I genuinely can't pick. Uh, Jk and the the experts team. Those guys know how to win. But uh, with the legend uh, Frankie putting together with with Temba and Bronco de Prius, like come on, it's going to be it's going to be epic. And then experts loonies. We all know the loonies will be in the final. Uh, we're definitely hungry. Uh, after the experts upset us in the second half, there, what I what I said I think uh, to my players was that you know uh, it's it's always nice to win, but uh, you know winning is uh, winning winning is uh, doesn't make you as hungry, and, and we're definitely hungry. So it's going to be it's going to be just pretty exciting. Just the best of the best have fought through, and uh, and just looking forward to enjoying it. Now now you're in the hot seat.
0: All right, harder to pick than a broken nose, but I'll give I'll give a couple of things. Okay, so. Without Ben Pinkelman for the Steel Toes and the men's side of things, I'm also going for the Texas team. They lost both games this past weekend, so they'll be very hungry with Rose Fettison leading the side to, to win there. So I think they will go through from, from that side, from the East. In the West, as you said, Rhinos ex-loggerheads against experts is will go into extra time, will be so close. I'm actually tipping the experts because overall balanced squad, I like what they bring to the table. Of course, you can't argue with Dupriya and Niuwani Temp, whoever they field, I think we're seeing a thing will probably back, back in as well, which is great. Uh, so I think it's going to be that one. If that is the case, then I think the winners will be the experts taking out the the the, the team in the final for the men's side of it. All right, for the women's side of things, the more you're talking about, and again, the headliners, they are stacked, but I think the locals could come back and do it. They've met in two finals, they've lost both finals. I think they could surprise the headliners. So I'm going to go and throw something in the, in the hat there, say the, uh, the Stacey Walker crew is going to go through and win that one facing your loonies in the final course we can't go against the loonies the canadian sensations with a leather calter ready to fire so that's what i predict there my friend but before we crack on also want to thank our listeners and viewers for this amazing support sharing us on the socials today's episode includes 2 standout players from the eastern conference we just witnessed it's the mexican international star of the headliners jen solomon and usa eagle sevens legend ben pinkerman for the steel toes Pure class
1: yeah i mean as a fan and uh and just an overall you know sevens Seven's family i just so happy to see pinky back playing so great obviously he's gone into that space as a coach while he's been injured like disney storytelling, you know winning in front of a, a home crowd with with uh with the steel toes and um and then you know again for all those players he's touched and been working with like that's super inspirational and we'll see where he goes next hopefully he recovers in time to be involved in the, the olympic buildup, but just so nice to see him playing so nice to you know just to get that extra moment Can you imagine like that extra another moment to come back in your career and, and enjoy and lift up another trophy with with your teammates and then Jen Solomon let me tell you like she reached out to me right after I finished with with Mexico uh, in back in 2018 she wanted to get involved to her, her mother's Mexican and, and she's a American Mexican girl similar to Carmen Macedo and a few other girls I looked at and and she's been part of their story for the past four or five years she's been to olympic qualifiers she's been recently the central american caribbean games and she's overall just an amazing ambassador for the sport in the pr7s and and we're we're lucky to have them both on today
0: yeah we really are all right enough about us we will see you on august 6th in washington dc pr7s.com is the new home for sevens let us know who's going to win let us know who's going to win the women's final who's going to win the men's final which players should we watch out for who's going to stand up and be counted of course, uh, Robin's pointing to the loonies there, but again, you don't have to pick loonies. The schedule, the social links, everything you need will be online. Plus, you can watch the previous tournaments as well to catch up on the action. Thanks to the hydration partner, Good Sport, apparel partner, Samurai, and of course, the brilliant staff with the PR7s. It's time now for episode nine of the Rugby 7s roller coaster. It's Ben Pinkerman and Jen Solomon. We hope you enjoy you sleek sensations. All right, we thought Bigfoot was missing until Ben Pinkman appeared out of the Colorado Mountains. What a privilege to have one of the most successful USA 7s forwards of our generation on the Rugby 7s roller coaster. Big Ben, welcome, buddy.
2: Thanks, Alan. Good to be here.
0: Oh, great to be here. Listen, I know you had to pull over on the side of the road. You're in uh, you're in one of your uh, your big movable wagons, if you will, camping around. Took a couple of knocks as well recently. But I just want to quickly start. I saw you after the uh, PR7s final in Pittsburgh. You were player of the tournament. Your team won unbelievable comeback. I, I never forget, like, I was giving you a quick congratulations. And you said your mother didn't even say congrats to you. She was she was laughing more at the reverse haircut commentary
2: uh, on yourself. <laughs> yeah, that was the first text I read was, Dallin cracks me up so much. She loved you. She absolutely loves you. You oh, make thanks. the game so much fun and she lives for it.
0: Well, <laughs> listen, and whenever you're playing, it's such a pleasure. And uh, we're so happy to have you back. Uh, so I wanted to touch on that. So remind us again, our listeners, when was your last game of international competition for the Eagles and, and what kind of injury did you have that then let you stop playing for a while?
2: The last game of international competition would have been the quest for gold before the 2021 Olympics. I think that was like June of 2021. And then, yeah, my back injury knocked me out of rugby for quite a while. And Ben, tell us a little bit about your, your rehab with your back and getting able to,
1: like getting back to a place where you're able to play at this level again.
2: It was a lot of rest and recovery to start. It's probably like six months of just like letting my body recover and trying to start to feel normal again like letting i could feel all the tension and stuff leave like my neck and shoulders i'm sure as a lot of rugby players do when they quit playing it's like oh this is what actually being relaxed feels like and then just starting to build back into it with a lot of core a lot of core strengthening a lot of acupuncture a lot of things to loosen the muscles in the back just kind of a lot of patience just slowly doing those things every day to Get my core strong and get my back looser, keeping the hamstrings loose, hips loose, kind of finding what what works, what mattered, what didn't. And then once I started to feel a little more athletic again, just getting back into playing sports like basketball and things that I was comfortable with that weren't that much contact, and then eventually get back into the contact parts, which probably started about three, four months ago. But then my first game back when I tried to play with on back 15s, first carry popped my shoulder out, AC joint separation. So then had to rehab that until I was able to get back into contact for the summer.
1: Amazing story and and a true rugby warrior. We actually first met, you probably don't remember, but it was in Dubai. I don't know, 2018, 2019. I was working with the North American group, and he was obviously in the middle of the the Dubai Sevens down with USA. And he came flying over, saw some of the the young uh, U18 USA boys, was giving them coaching tips, pumping them up. And he's in the middle of a World Series uh, competition. So obviously you've had that natural passion for the game and obviously as a coach and supporting the next generation during your time while you're you've been injured and in rehabbing and coming back you, you spent a lot of time coaching and how has that helped shape you now coming back to playing and what was that
2: experience like and who were you working with well how it helps shape i think coaching gives you a ton of empathy that's probably one of the biggest things it does is that just you start to see things from every different perspective and you start to understand all the different perspectives and all the different all how much work it takes to make everything tick in the background and so you start to have a lot more appreciation for all the people around you you're tuned in with every player and you kind of have to just appreciate them i think one of the biggest things when we won in when we just won in pittsburgh one of the best things was just seeing how happy everyone else was like just seeing all these guys succeed and i don't think i would have noticed that or been as happy about it if i had just been playing the whole time because when you playing is naturally very much, even though it's a team sport, you're very much focused on yourself. When you're coaching, you're very much focused on everyone else and just trying to support everyone else. So I think it gave me kind of a different perspective there. And it was a great experience. I mean, I think I learned a ton about myself. I think I learned a ton about what it would take to be an international coach and a lot of good mentors around and just trying to feed off each other and build and grow the USA sevens into the next thing. Cause yeah, I am passionate about the younger generation getting better and trying to take advantage of what we have here.
0: Yeah. And, and I know people can follow uh, Ben Pigman coaching as well. It's, you put a lot of great clips up there also. Look, I've never been inside of a ruck, but now I know what it is like by watching your videos. So uh, that's classic Ben. Uh, listen, I want to get into the PR7s because it's so exciting to seeing you back on the field. What a great opportunity for you to, to get back to that level, as you said. And was that always the plan when you spoke to Mike Friday about getting back into the US? You'd play a bit this summer with the PR7s?
2: no i mean the plan was kind of like always in flow like it was always kind of like because i didn't know how my back was going to respond to anything i think it was in the back of both our minds that it was definitely a possibility i think he probably knew a little more than i did that i wasn't ready to be done but then it just kind of started coming back in probably like about eight months ago where i was like you know i i think i maybe can do this and then i started training a bit and getting my feet in the water Yeah, no, it was awesome. And I had um, worked with our coach in Denver, my old coach who coached me for U-20s and was a Barbarians coach for a long time, Jason Kelly. And so I talked to him about it and it was like this kind of perfect storm and opportunity came together where I was like, yeah, this could be the perfect, perfect opportunity to jump back in with someone that I really trust and that I think is an excellent coach and can kind of get back on my feet while also helping each other.
1: What a thrilling competition this past weekend at Pittsburgh against all odds. You guys came back and, and won it all. You know, so nobody ever thought and, and on the western side, both fourth place teams, uh, for fourth place men, fourth place women, uh came through to win as well. And and you know, sevens obviously is a roller coaster, just like our podcast. But the PR sevens and trying to explain to people like it's just another level of anxiety for coaching, <laughs> like you know, sevens is all like anybody can beat anybody. You think you're out by four tries, you know, all that, but this this league is just a whole other level. Can you talk us about that? Uh That final and your guys just come back.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, PR sevens. You're right. Is it's freaking crazy because it's like you don't know what's gonna happen in a game, and all the games have been so tight. Like I think there's been like two or three blowouts, but most have been one score games, and it is just chaos. But uh, the final was epic. It was a roller coaster. It really is one play at a time. And I think we went in with a really good mindset of just kind of preaching that and taking it really slow. I don't think we were ever too worried or concerned because i think we knew that we struggled with giving up kind of one-off tries but once we got into like patterns of play like two plus phases we've been playing really well and their first three scores the first one off the kickoff they just take then they score off a turnover first phase and then um i can't remember the third one right now but it was similar and i think we all kind of knew like if we just buckle down we can definitely still win this and then that play right before half to get a score was really big going down two scores in the halftime not a big deal And then, uh, yeah, the second half momentum was just all on our side, and we were able to just ride it, and then ride it out that last minute and finish the clock. And uh, I think that that's something that I brought. I think Ethan from Canada brought a lot of is just composure, like composure in the moments that matter the most to make the play that will impact the game.
0: Yeah, Ben, I was going to say that, and and for us and you know as a broadcaster as the viewers watching. You can't get a better final when a team goes up nineteen nothing and then concedes twenty one points to, to you know to go down. Uh, you got to feel for them, but again, your comeback was was instrumental and amazing. It's, it started with the with the restarts as well. You were, you were epic in the air. Now, speaking of Ethan Hager, he was outstanding. He, you know, he's a good example of a young up and coming player that will be on the series very soon. Then you have got the likes of like Mister Nitro from Fiji, Aliseo Nanduva, that was just cutting people to absolute shreds. He was more dangerous than climate change. So. Tell us a bit about what's it like, the blend of players coming in, and and how good this competition is for Rugby North America.
2: Oh, it's huge for Rugby North America, especially sending my last couple of years doing the scouting stuff. Like The more we can get these guys in, because it is those composure situations, the more we can get guys in high-level pressure situations against good competition, that's how sevens will get better in the country. So for the country, it's huge. I think a lot of good mix of talent. I think we have some good young players that are probably uh, not in the limelight, but Could deserve to be and are kind of earning their way ethan's an incredible young player i think he definitely will make it he's got the right attitude he believes in himself he's going to be able to make it happen but then yeah i think the the sprinkle of having uh nanduva out there and these guys that are just deadly it adds it adds that intensity that you'll get from some of the world series all the time so that's huge that's a huge part of it is like what was the headliner's center name from new zealand number 77 Oh, yeah.
0: K- Kitty on Evai. Yeah, he was, Vai was fantastic as well. But also in that first tournament, I mean, even though his team didn't do a lot, he carved it up, you know, he was so good.
2: That truck stick yeah. in the corner on their turnover try, like that's like, yeah. I, I not to throw Campbell Johnstone under the bus, my boy soups, but I, I was like ready for him to make that tackle. And then it's that big World Series moment of like, yeah, this guy's going to bring it every moment. And so, yeah, I think it's really cool to see and for guys to get to level, a taste of that intensity that comes to every play.
1: I really enjoy watching Ethan play with you. He's one of the boys that I've had the pleasure of coaching. He's been a lot of my pathway Canada teams throughout the years. And one of those families, I talk a lot with his dad. They actually came down from Ontario to support. He's just been knocking on the door. But since he's been involved, like I think he first went on a a Maple Leafs Development Canada tour to the South American stops in, uh, you know, he was probably 18 or 19 years old. There's been three or four national team coaches since he's come through at a young age. And so Ray, when he's about to make it, there's been that transition. But now I think he uh, he's uh, he's he's kicked the door in, and I think Sean White's finally listening. Well, not so much Whitey. Whitey has been a supporter, but I mean, like I think the national team's finally listening. And uh, but just that connection of the, that perfect restart he was putting up. And just you guys just controlled the whole game. It was one sided. It was it was the nicest sevens that I've seen in the East, and and that's really what we want as uh, as as, uh, as as coaches, commentators, and and players and fans is actually some nice sevens. Because in the in the West, there's just been just a lot in the men. It's just been a lot of a lot of smashing. So it was it was lovely to see you guys in form. You guys got to play at home in Pittsburgh. Was it was a super special, extra special to win at home and in front of that that steel toe home crowd.
2: For sure, man. It always is. It always is. It's always different. I think it's a game changer. You saw Austin won in Austin and then we won in Pittsburgh because when you have people cheering for you in a game that you're exhausted four minutes in and then you hear people pushing you on and cheering for you, it pushes you an extra step further. So the home crowd always, I think in a sevens, adds a huge element. And I think it meant something to them. It looked like they had sold so much merchandise, so many Pittsburgh... People wearing like steel toes gear in the crowd. I thought that was really cool to see because maybe we weren't all from Pittsburgh, but we were trying to be a professional franchise that represents the city. And for them to get on board, I mean, it means a lot to us as players. And I hope it meant a lot to them as a community because I know it's a great rugby community.
0: Yeah, and I love that that stadium is right downtown, which is awesome. So you've got everybody coming and milling around. And you're right, merch sold up so quickly. I couldn't even get a couple of items I was looking to, to grab, you know. So I love that. You know, Pinky, we, we know you've got to go. But last couple of quick questions for you. Uh, if you can think back and remember when, you know, playing for, for USA in recent years, which favorite tournament would you list as your top one?
2: On the yeah, the one behind series? you. The one behind your background, Hong Kong. <laughs> there you go,
0: sure. Hong Kong. Done, done. Easy. Okay, good. No doubt now, about it. Yeah. No doubt about it. Okay, great. I, I will say my favorite moment, though, is giving you a big hug after you won uh, one of the Vegas Sevens tournaments as well. Obviously, you know, winning an event is is unbelievable and you're part of a rare group to do that for the US. Let's talk about favorite players, okay, or t- tough players that you've played against that you have a lot of respect for. Could you name some players on the Sevens World Series that you really admire and, and have had good battles against?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll start with uh, Werner Koch. That was definitely like... I loved battling against him. That was someone who I wanted to resemble my game after just because of his relentless work rate, like always looking for something to do and always bring the utmost inten- intensity to everything he was involved in, uh, never taking anything off. I think he was a phenomenal person to like frame myself after and then battle against, test myself against. I mean, yeah, there, there's a lot, right? Jerry, Jerry 2i I think is just on another level. He was a different planet with how quick and strong he was. And how well he saw the game uh some flyers that i played against that probably weren't as common on the sevens world series or uh bakatawa and then uh gilius kaka i thought those two guys could have won any sevens tournament across the world france was a different team when they had Vakatawa in it and uh new zealand for gilius kaka or gilius kaka for new zealand made me look stupid so many times just unbelievable feat. and then the last one i'll throw out is uh it's a is it Mateus, how do you say it? The ostrich for Argentina?
0: Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, Mateus Osatsuk?
2: Yeah, I think he's unbelievable. He's an unbelievable player that I think... I think we have kind of similar games. He's probably a little more athletic than I ever was, but just incredible mind, incredible vision. Yeah, And
0: and great hair, great hair as well, you know? Great hair. (laughs) Crucial, (laughs) crucial. Exactly, great selections. Thank you what are some of your
1: favorite teammates with team usa obviously there's probably almost all of them but uh, who are some of the guys that you really enjoy going to battle with
2: uh define favorite are we talking like favorite ones to just be on the field with or favorite ones to hang around with after
1: let's say top two on and off the field
2: okay top two on the field uh one's got to be martin Yusefo, i think it all goes back to that kind of instincts and vision thing like he just always knew where to be and where the ball should go next You'd probably put Flau Nua in that same boat His incredible vision. But second one, I'll go with uh, Danny, just because the physicality was something that you definitely wanted on your side and did not want on the other side. And he would fight for any of his brothers. So I think it was huge having him on the field. And then uh, off the field, I'll go with uh, Kayvon and Perry. Those just are two great people, my boys that I would love to hang out with anytime.
0: Oh, that's a good group. We should get that group together soon. You know, we're probably going to meet up with some of them shortly. And listen, yeah. Pinky, we want to we want to thank you for your time, buddy. And uh, and we know you'll probably be in a supporting role, coaching. Who knows at the uh, the PR7s Championship on August sixth in Washington DC. But of course, we know the fans were backing the men of Steel from Pittsburgh. So good to have you on, my friend.
2: Yeah, thanks, Dylan. One of the
0: electric PR7 standout players of the twenty twenty three season, Mexican international and all round lovely hot stepper of note jen solomon joins us now on the rugby sevens roller coaster thank you for your time jen
3: thank you dal robin happy to be here
0: well firstly i want to say congratulations on back-to-back wins this season of course with the southern headliners tell us a bit about what has been key to your team's consistency and over the last season as well
3: sure absolutely so i think um it was interesting. The first stop, uh, the first leg and in Austin, we actually had a very different team. The three returning players besides Elena and Naya, who had been in the first uh season of PR sevens, was just uh Monique Coffee, uh Herf, Laura Herf, and then myself. So the team was a bit different. Um, it was really cool that there are a lot of um like domestic grassroots players coming in, getting the opportunity. But our big focus in that tournament leading into Pittsburgh was that. Coach Andrew Locke and uh, Lauren Barber, they really selected everyone for a reason, and everyone's really good at what they do best. And it's always hard, obviously, we all know it's always hard to bring people in for three days a week and try to get them together towards the same goal. But that was the focus. It's like, hey, everyone here. You're good at what you do best, so make sure you focus on that according to the plan because the game plan allows for you to do that and just express yourself and have fun. We were really able to build on that. We understood that the culture might have been different from last year, different players, but we had some key players that, you know, we have like um, like Lizzie Gibson was really big, the Canadian, on bringing everyone together and getting the hype and same for her and everyone connecting on, on our off-field time, so... I think that was really big into the first tournament. And the second tournament, we had even less time, but we had returners. So we had Grace Kukatai, Dejan Brown, Emma Farnan, and Abby Gostaitis. And those are already key players. They have experience. They know exactly what they need to do when they come in. With everyone else from last year, and we just, like, connected and built upon from the first leg. So we're hoping to continue that into DC team has so much talent, so much experience, but everyone's really selfless and everyone's really a team player. So I think that's really big and, and key and we're all just backing each other to do, to shine on the field and, you know, be the biggest cheerleader. So um, yeah, it's, it's really good.
1: Well, when I saw you guys' roster for Pittsburgh, I was texting Lockie, like, wow, that's a, that's a heck of a heck of a side, but you know, you guys are winning with class and grace as well, which is something something I really love. And, uh, you know, you always lead by example. I, tell, I told Dallin you always have a smile on your face and are always loving the game. So that's great. Thank you. Uh, but Jen, let's back up a little <laughs> further. We first connected when you reached out to help you get involved with your Mexican heritage to pursue representing Mexico on the international stage. Myself, having worked with Mexico for five years, I just missed the opportunity to work with you I know. Um, but was was uh you know was very supportive and, and excited for you know more american mexicans to get involved with rugby mexico as they move forward uh other other players uh before you like carmen macedo and a number of others that we brought in and then to see you carry on and now you've been there for four or five years in and out you've been to olympic qualifiers you've been on world series qualifiers you've represented on the on the on the world world series and most recently at the central american and caribbean games in, in el salvador where you claimed silver previously we'd only won two bronzes so can you just share with our listeners what that experience has been like getting in touch with your mexican culture which is like a whole which is like a whole experience on its own and also just just how how proud you are to represent mexico and and, and play with your sisters
3: Yeah. um, Yeah, I I remember texting you reaching out, which is so funny. And I in that moment in time, I only reached out, I reached out to you and just a few, um, I guess, I didn't want to talk to any friends. They're more like mentors or coaches that could unbiasedly lead me in the right direction. But for my heritage, I grew up in a Mexican household, but I'm also Haitian. So my father's Haitian, but he lived in Mexico. He claims he's the only Mexican that doesn't like spice, which isn't true. But He's, he's not Mexican, he's Haitian. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's a real gift to my family, my mom, my uncles, my aunts, everyone that uh, currently still lives in Mexico. Growing up, I went a lot to visit, but as I got older, got into sports, you know, the summers were more to stay here and play than go see them. So once I started, uh, once I made a decision to go represent Mexico, they loved it. It was a huge gift. They rallied so hard behind me. The support is just immense, and it's really nice that... When I do get to go into camp or go to Mexico, sometimes I'm able to make that trip to go see them, which is nice. And it, I feel like it brings me more connected with them than it did for a few like years of my life. Because you know, we're all here for a reason. Dedicated your life to sport and the sacrifices that you have to make. So being able to represent my mother's culture, my family's culture, a culture that I grew up in, is really special to me. And playing with my sisters, well, I love that. It's cool. I played with so many different teams, but to be able to play with them and create a bond with them. I mean, they're family now. I've been to weddings. They're going to be whenever I get married (laughs) to my weddings. It's really, really special. Not only I remember when I joined, they're like, you have to speak Spanish here. It's really important uh, in terms of like conserving the language and culture. Like, don't expect that you can just come in here and speak English. And I already was fluent in Spanish. But that was a real difficulty for me when I first started playing over there. I was like learning the game in Spanish. I was just like oh, this is this is a bit strange. Um, but I got with it. Our journey has been pretty industry interest- interesting and incredible at the same time, uh, very rewarding. Obviously with Mexico, we are cons- probably consider a tier 3 rugby country and we don't have the resources um, it's getting better, but the resources and the experience overall than many other countries that we compete with when we go to the Challenger series or even the World Series. But the girls have so much heart. They are warriors. We are able to come together and just fight, fight, fight. The really cool thing in the last year we've grown so much. And for me, that's it's always sometimes a struggle to come from an environment like, for example, PR sevens, or I played in England for a year and a half and then into another environment um, sometimes like mexico where the level might not be the same etc but what they do have is heart and i'm really really proud of how our team has grown in the last year we played in the challenger series in august last august in south america and we played uh, Colombia we got smashed by columbia i think it was like 20 something to zero or five and as you mentioned the central american games that occurred last month um we it was a big lead up into that tournament knowing that we were going to play them because we'll see them in the pan am games in november in our first day playing them we tied seven seven and then we played them in the final and we we got silver obviously it's not the ideal but it's still incredible to win silver and we only they only uh beat us by one try which was incredible compared to the eight nine months before when we played them and, and that for me is growth the team sees that and i think it's even though that growth is in a short time but we were able to conquer and play at columbia's level who was invited to langford the world series this past year is a great step forward leading into Pan Am Games in November. And, and just, we have our Olympic qualifier in a month. So it's just good steps heading in that direction, which is positive for us. Because I think we sometimes are like super, super hopeful and the work maybe might not be done as a collective and then we show up. And then it's nothing that we imagined. It's more of like a heart crushing experience We're like, oh, we're almost there. We're almost there. But I feel like in the last year, we finally broke that like little glass ceiling that's there. It's like, OK, finally, we we've made a step that way. What can we do next? Like what's ahead? But obviously the work has to be done. But yeah, it's, it's really incredible. And whenever the time comes that I have to put my boots up, I know that I've made an impact and my teammates have made an impact on not only on myself, but the things that we're doing for rugby Mexico is pretty incredible as women in in Mexico. So it's really cool.
0: Yeah, it really is. And I remember seeing you at the Fast Four tournament in Canada a few years back. It was great. Yeah, it was great to see you playing, and I remember your name from years before. And and it's good to see, as you said, the great thing about sevens, as we know, is you know, with a bit of time together and a bit of resources, a team can really improve from least and bounds. What you've done, where fifteen aside, I feel like it takes years and years to build a team and build yeah. a culture and be able to compete at that national level. And you've done wonderful work uh, with the Mexican side. And again, let's talk about the PR7. So how great for you because you've been on the series, you played in the Challenger series against star players. So tell us about that final you're up against, you know, Stacy Walker, Manaya Nuku, Tanika Willis and stuff like that. Was it a pretty cool pinch me moment where you're like, wow, I'm, I'm playing against these players and, and we're winning as well.
3: Yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. It's one of those like, uh, okay, it's a bit surreal, but we still have a job to do. So snap into it. It's game time. And then we can bask in, in the moment after. But yeah, I mean, these players are amazing. Watching them on the series and smashing it. And it's like, oh, you're gonna meet like, all these stars that you've seen and admired. But also, they're such amazing people. I actually met uh, Tanika I played with her in Dubai this past, this last Dubai in the Invitational and like to have her here and play against her now uh, was really cool. And yeah, it's I think it's uh, wonderful what PR7s is doing, bringing um, these world class players into this tournament to obviously showcase their skill and also be able, like players like myself, that don't get that uh those experiences often or just others that might not to be able to share the pitch with them and learn from them. And even, for example, uh Hafa, she was just on she was just speaking with you last was it two weeks ago with Bronco. And I'm at Rhinos yeah. too, but Hafa was my roommate for a few weeks. And just sit, being able to sit with her and just like tap into her brain. She's trained with um with us. It was really cool to learn from them as well. So yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Because I mean, in what other other world would i ever play against like stacy Waka or uh you know like low chance but yeah it's really cool
1: yeah there's there's so many great things about our sport uh obviously the world series and sharing hotels flying together eating together all that stuff and then the pr sevens i said last year locky was my roommate for the first two stops you know obviously really? played you guys in the finals last year and then cerevi was my roommate last year so like it's just, I tell people it's another level, even above the world series or actually like rooming with your opposition. Like there's, that would never happen in hockey or basketball or base. Like you would never do that. Um, and because of that, you know, I got to know Lockie and we've had good banter and we've been supporting each other on either side of the conference. And uh, it's, it's just made, it's just made, you know, the North American landscape and the global rugby landscape smaller is one thing I really love. And, and for me, genuinely, like, I'm such a fan of, of all the coaches and all the, all the players as well so you know it's been so fun to see again your progressions or Isabella from Mexico and and I just want to give you like the Mexican team a shout out that the women and the men like you are all you know the the the, the Mexican Federation is doing a better job Francisco did a great job for a number of years and now Ernesto's taken to the next level at trying to to find support and resources but independently you girls like like you said you went to the UK you're playing in this league Isabella like are training at, at, at rhinos like everybody's going off Vanessa Gasparin has gone to you know Australia so you guys are all just being resourceful amongst yourselves and then bringing that knowledge back which is super inspirational and and you girls are finding a way to be successful now uh, last question for me you're heading my way to beautiful Vancouver Island Canada later in August to compete at the Olympic Game qualifier how is your women's team looking ahead of that competition and what are some of your goals going into that qualifier?
3: I think for us, we knew that this year was really big uh, in competition. So we had uh, the Challenger Series in South Africa in April. We had Central American Games. We have Rams. We have Pan Am Games. We're looking at the qualifier. We're looking to get into that final against Canada. It's a round robin, uh, but we can't sleep because we know Jamaica is just as strong. they Proved, proved that right uh, in Central American games when they beat us, not again, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're looking to be in that vinyl with Canada and to showcase the work and the growth that we've had in this last year. It's a game of sevens. Anything can happen. Canada is very, very strong. Um, and I know they have right now Australia, I think Hong Kong and Japan, and they're prepping really hard for the tournament. It's going to be difficult. Anything can happen. But for us, our um, long-term goal would be the pan Games. So we're looking at, to use this qualifier as another stepping stone for growth to... Be ready for those Pan Am games because in Pan Am games we would love to be in that top three again it's going to be really difficult but um we've been working really hard we've had more camps than ever this year we also have um like Ernesto has been doing a wonderful job we have a new director of rugby um Terry oh, I always butcher his last name Terry borua the um former French yeah. nine yeah, yeah. Terry Bar- Barahua,
0: uh, if you get Barahua. ready with your French yeah Barahua. Barahua
3: there you go. (laughs) But he's also done um, a really incredible job in such a short time and and getting the standard up and uh, creating more camps and everything like that. So the girls have been working hard. Doing their individual things that they need to do. So when we uh, assemble on the 12th of August, we can just focus on what we need to do leading in, into that qualifier. So we're really excited. It's it's going to be difficult. We know that. We understand um, like the gap that there is between like Canada, US, and then Mexico and their Caribbean countries. But we're ready to just um, give it all we have and chase it, and hopefully create some magic, which would be pretty incredible. So.
0: Well, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, be, we'll be cheering you on. So it's going to be so great. You know, I just want to ask you one thing before we let you go. What do you mm-hmm. do in your, off, in your off time? I know you may have a teammate or two currently with you. So so what happens, you know, in your preparation? Do you get up to some fun stuff as well with your teammates?
3: Yeah. So in between uh, these two weeks, um, I'm in New York. I live uh, north of New York, but um, we went to the Yankee game. So uh, they never went to a Yankee game. That was like, it was a subway series. So Yankee versus Mets, city rivalry. And we'll do some touring at some point, more of the city. But right now it's like recovery time and training time. We still have an objective next weekend in D.C. And we've been sleeping a lot. (laughs) So sleeping, uh, we're training. My, My friend Andrew from Childhood has a gym here, Apex, and he lets us use the gym for free, which is really nice. But yeah, just training, recovering, do a little touring. Um, my mom's throwing me a birthday party tomorrow, so oh, <laughs> I'll be brilliant.
0: Fun. Well, happy happy yeah. birthday coming up. That's so Thank great. Thank you.
3: Thank you. So we're just relaxing, bonding a bit more, and um, just having having a good old time. So yeah, nothing nothing but- too crazy. For, yes. for the
0: podcast. <laughs> no, exactly. But we just, we yeah, it's great to get some insight from you, of course. Thank you for your time. Uh, wishing mm-hmm. all the best for the finals, but not too not too much against Robin's side, of course, coming up in DC. Uh, we can't wait to see how it unfolds.
3: I do Thank you. Thank, <laughs> thank you so much for having me and I look forward to seeing you both next weekend.
0: Awesome. Cheers, Jen. Thanks again. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Rugby Sevens Roller Coaster. Visit pr7s.com to buy tickets to the five tournaments in 2023. Austin, Texas, June 17th. Minneapolis, Minnesota, June 24th. San Jose, California, July 15th. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, July 23rd. And the PR7s Championship on August 6th. Connect with us on social media, PR7s, and watch any of the previous tournaments on the Premier Rugby 7's YouTube channel. See you next time, your sleek sensations.